Hello and welcome to What About The Music, a podcast brought to you by So Stereo. Veronica Beach is a founder and partner of The Pool House, a social network for producers in TV, film and advertising. Previously, she was a director of production at Pereira O'Dell, and prior to that, she was a founding member and head of global communication at David. She's worked with many brands like Dove, Coca-Cola, Kraft Heinz, Burger King, among many others. So let's hand over to your host, Beto Azut. So good to have you on, and, and thank you so much for making time. So so we're here to talk music, and obviously the, the goal of, of the podcast is to make music and advertising more important. So obviously you have a lot of experience, right, uh, working with music, uh, and you've, you're a producer that has had a great career. So we'd love to learn more about how you got started in the world of advertising, uh, what led you to pursue a career in advertising. Uh, so let's just start there. I was um, in film. I worked in feature film. I started in the mailroom at a talent agency. And then from there, I um, hated it. And I made like $21,000 a year and had to um, bartend on the weekends and cater and do everything to pay my bills. I mean, it was pretty bad. And I'm so frustrated because I'm watching this like quiet quitting thing on like TikTok and like trending right now. And I'm like, I almost died like every year of my life trying to survive. And you kids are like quiet quitting. Like, really? I'm so glad I'm at the end of my career. <laughs> like, not at the beginning. I got to be really honest. Like, I'm so glad I don't, don't have like a job in management anymore at like an ad agency. Like, anyway, so I uh, I did that. Then I started working for an executive feature film producer and, and he was in development. He produced things like he worked with John Hughes a lot. So he did like Breakfast Club, like. Andy Meyer, his name was. It was kind of a big deal. Um, and he paid me really bad too. <laughs> and I read scripts and did development notes and met with writers with him and, you know, kind of like went on the whole thing, like basically like drive him to his meetings and sit outside and like while he went in and had like lunches and then would come out and tell me what happened. Um and uh and I did a lot of I worked for a lot of like different companies on the side, like hustling. I read a lot of scripts, like I did a ton, a ton of script notes. Um and I really enjoyed it, but and I networked a lot. I kind of got into that whole thing, but I just didn't really totally like the people very much. Um and but more importantly, I wanted to like truly understand how pro how the craft, like how are things made? Like how does this actually happen? Like, how am I on TV right now? Like, that's what I wanted to understand. So um, in the meantime, I started doing, because I didn't have enough time hustling, I decided I needed more hustling. And so I would do, you know, everything from on the, I could to produce like spec commercials for people, up and coming directors, um, music videos. I, I, I would like, I've been in a couple really weird music videos. I've been I played, I've produced short films, you know, I kind of did everything. And then I uh, was working at an ad agency answering phones just because I was broke, needed <laughs> money. And there was a very stressed out lady, I to this day don't know her name. And she would come down the stairs, like at the second floor of the agency, she was I was always getting like packages for her with like tapes and stuff. And she would like come down and she was always on this like, really kind of like old cell phone, like, well, new then, but old to us now. And she was always like getting a million phone calls. And she was always like hanging up on me and angry if I missed something. And she was always outside smoking and she was swearing at everybody. And I was like, 
said to my friend who was an art director, like, what does that woman do here? Like, she's scary. And he was like, she's the agency producer. I was like, I want to do her job. <laughs> That's a true story, actually. So um, inspired me. I was like, she just seems like, just like totally stressed out and really self-important. And I feel like I need to do that job. And there's a producer in her title. So I definitely need that job. Um, so I did the job, I got a job and as an agency producer, and then I kind of pivoted and ran my own little production company for a while into like my, almost my late twenties, um, in advertising, doing like small commercials, non-union stuff, um, had a draw service and directors. And then I went back to agency side and that's how I got into advertising. And I really kind of like never looked back to be honest. Um, now I'm starting to pivot. I'm actually reading scripts again. And I have one project that I'm praying to God will go through. Um, and if that does, that would be really great. And I'm just working at Pool House. That's great. That's great. And, and you know, curious, like, obviously, we're here to talk music. So what's what's your experience with music been uh, throughout your career? What do you feel about music? Uh, and what makes music so important in in advertising? Well, I mean, music is exactly what you just said. It's what you feel, you know. I mean, I'm trying to do these TikToks right now, and I quite frankly can't figure out how to lower the music underneath me when I'm talking. And I'm like, okay, no wonder why no one's watching my TikToks because nobody feels anything. So I have two new interns who started this week who will be taking this over and editing my videos so that I can for you know be better. But I it actually today I was actually editing this one about the quiet quitting and I wanted to put music called gaslight underneath it and I could not figure out how to adjust the volume so that my voice would come through and the the music would come through because I think that music is basically everything you know it, it, it really is everything it's also by the way some of the most epic fights I've seen in advertising have been about music <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's always like you have two days to ship uh, you had this one track that the agency loved and all of a sudden client and brand wants to look at another option. Uh, and so you have to pivot, you have to, you know, start over and you have two days to ship. Right. So there's always that part of, of the conversation where I feel that that's where a lot of the arguments can happen. Yeah, it is. It's, it's because it's a, it's based on emotion and it is a feeling and it is very subjective. It's more subjective than talent or, um, it's not really fact-based, you know, in a sense, you know, it's, it's an emotion. And so it can, and it can cause a lot, a lot of emotions. <laughs> so, you know, it's also quite, quite important and many times the most important. So. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that we've seen is that, I mean, obviously, you know, each project, I mean, you look at a commercial 50% video, 50% audio. Uh, and sometimes the way, budgets are allocated right it's like most of the budgets are allocated uh to the whole production uh of the video working with with other maybe other types of talent directors color effects all those areas whereas music sometimes gets left behind not every time of course not every time uh so what curious uh why do you think that is and kind of like what can we do to to, to more or less like change that uh, maybe it's a, a matter of like starting the conversation earlier. It's hard because you're right. It is. And unfortunately I'm, you're being polite, but actually typically is the last thing that is entered into the estimate form. If I'm really sorry, it's, I've just like completely put the pin in your balloon, but like I've been producing for 
a number of years in agency producing for a long time. And typically, actually, it is one of the last things that we fill in, unless it is something that is super um, like, you know, it's a licensed piece or it's, uh, you know, I've done very large Super Bowl commercials, you know, where actually, like you're saying, I've gone after the music ahead of time. So like, we don't even have the concept approved, but we know we're going to want one of these three songs. So I've gone out to do licensing negotiations really far in advance because we know that it's going to be very music based, you know, in those cases, then, you know, when we are doing big things like, you know, we're, we're really the star is the music, even if it's like a something that needs to be originally composed or remixed, you know, um, we're, you know, something like, you know, again, like a big Olympic spot or a big, um, you know, a Super Bowl spot where you're like, well, actually the star, we don't know what the music is going to sound like, but it, it's, it's, it's visually driven. So that means that the music is going to really have a starring role in this. In those cases, it is one of the more of the first things that are put into your budget. Um, and then in that case, you're kind of are already, I mean, if you're smart, you're already out trying to solve that before, because that's actually going to be, take a big chunk of your budget. When you're doing something that is, um, on a pipeline, like you're doing fast food or, and I've done a lot of fast food or you're doing retail and, um, you know, you're kind of just throwing tracks on. It's not, uh, the star, but it's a supporting role. In those cases, that's when you're going to see the budgets lower because you're, you are kind of trying to get maybe the, the more foreign stars, like which is like the talent and the production piece of it done. When you know music isn't as big of a role, but it's an important point, you know, part, important piece of it. I mean, so it just kind of depends honestly on the creative. And we do a lot of ballparking ahead, like believe it or not, but agency producers typically, well, at least once I've trained, <laughs> typically are ballparking a lot even before we get into bidding, because you do want to understand where your numbers are lying, because I tried to at least be very upfront with my, all my vendors, including my music vendors going into it. Like, Hey dude, I got 25 grand. Like, I'm so sorry. Can we do this? Like non-union? Can it be all in? Can you go out of the country? Like, what can we do here? Like, I want to give this to you. Um, but this is all I got. And I try to be kind of like transparent. I try also, I really, don't like to, but because music can be so subjective and such an argument, I, I don't like to have to double and triple bid in music, but sometimes we're, we need to, because, because it's like, you know, one person wants to go with one company and somebody else wants to go with the other. Yeah. But you said something that's really important. It's like the more you have to be, obviously work with vendors that you trust. It's very important. Uh, especially when it's projects that are, you know, in the works, not a lot of people know about it. And also, but more importantly, it's like you said about being transparent, right? And so the more information you can provide to your vendors, the more light, like the, the, the higher chances of them sending something that's going to work for you, for your budget or creatively, right? So like, that's like, definitely that's super important. And, you know, for all the producers out there that are, you know, listening to this, that's very important. Um, you know, because a lot of times, like, you know, you get briefed and, and a lot of the terms and the budgets might be vague. So like the more, the more clear you can be, the better it is for sure. Yeah. Sometimes they are vague. I don't know why agency producers aren't transparent. Um, I hear this a lot and I, I actually don't understand it. There are real times when a client doesn't give us a budget or they, they've switched a budget on us. Like they'll tell us like, could they bid whatever you want? And then we've come back and they've been like with the numbers and they're like, whoa, that was a little more than I expected. We're like, well, why didn't you tell me what you expect? Because you're going to save everyone a lot of time. 
Um, and there have been times, you know, when maybe when a job dies or um, many sometimes the, the media isn't bought yet. So they're still trying to allocate what's going to go over to production. But I hear that a lot and I don't really understand why it's and, and, and I believe I've been doing this for a very long time and I don't know. I don't know if people are afraid to like or they just haven't done their own due diligence. And that probably is it like they haven't done their own ballparking. So like they haven't done their budget. So they're just kind of like, you know, trying to get by. Could be or or they're, they might be waiting for it for them to be closer to shipping so that they can know. Uh, what do they have left over with? I don't know. That That's just risky in my opinion. But but you should never be waiting that long. You should know all your numbers by the time you award production. Like if you are actually, actually don't know where your numbers are until right before you ship, then you like should just quit your job and like go do something else. Because honestly, like you need to know your numbers going into your job. No, I, I just think, yeah, I just think people like when it comes to music sometimes, and especially if it's like, if it plays a background role, like, It might, like if it's an organic social spot uh, where they just want to use whatever stock track, uh, it's, it'll be just the last thing in the line item. Uh, and so they want to wait. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a, definitely something that, that uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, shed more light on, right? Start the conversation earlier and, and just be more transparent earlier in the process, right? That way everyone wins. Uh, question, like what's what's your process like? Like you personally, when it comes to like, working with music like you meet with with uh, the creative team and and you have like a rough idea of what you want musically from that point on what's your process of of uh identifying music uh is it like you going to spotify and getting inspiration uh looking at reference tracks and then from that you can go to vendors like what's your process personally um my personal process is um i mean it's always very different um I definitely have, like we talked about some trusted people that I like, okay, we're going to compose. All right, well, let's go to X, Y, and Z, you know, and let's let's see if they can pitch with us or try to work with us on it. I have different resources. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am not the best at music speak and I, and that's okay. I think that sometimes, so I'm very much like, I'm going to bring somebody in who is good at this because I am not great at interpreting what, my creatives want sometimes or what the or what the music company's trying to say so I try to connect people directly like I try not to stand in the way so like in the music process I, I just kind of know what I like or I don't like I'm like oh I like that that's good but I'm not like the bass needs to bass needs to come up and I think that piano I'm like no don't ever put me in that position like I'm just going to disappoint you but I'm quite good at getting you the right teams in order to communicate. I'm very upfront that that is not my specialty so that um, if I need to bring in a music producer, I will bring in a music producer um, or I will connect. A lot of times I genuinely connect my creatives directly with the music house. Um, I think that my, usually my creatives are um, a lot. The ones I've typically worked with have all been quite good at interpreting and talking about music and feeling it. And so I typically like them to work very closely. I think I just get in the way. In fact, I think a lot of producers, unless like you're really musically savvy and I've come across some producers who I've been like, wow, they're great with music, you know, like agency and then obviously music producers on the agency side. Um, and I try to sort of just put the right team together right off the bat. I'll look at them and be like, 
oh man, this is like out of my league. You know what I mean? And then I'll be like, all right, let me, let me, let me, how, how do I get us through this? You know, when it comes to talking about directors or something like that, that's where I can shine. But with the music process and I know how important it is. Uh, so I try to just make sure I have a very good team around me and I try to bring music. I actually do try to bring the music companies in quite early. I actually typically have music and sound listening into pre-pros. Um, so that they're right there and I'll introduce them quickly to the client so that I also have them see first rough edits. Um, sometimes many times they need to have music over there before, but that's why I think it's really important that the music and sound and, and that everybody is in the pre-pro because you're kind of seeing the director shooting boards, you're getting a vibe for the client because you hear the client when you're in that call. So you're like, oh, this will be okay. Like this client seems like reasonable or, oh my God, these creatives are going to be a nightmare. You know, like you want people to know what they're getting into. So I try to actually bring, I even have posts like editing typically in my, my pre-pros as well. Um, because I like everyone to sort of become a team and understand who's doing what. And I typically bring people in quite early actually. And that's good. Cause like, you know, like we, we were just working on a project now and we sent, you know kind of like proposal options and everything and they just go and shoot and they're shooting while they're shooting everyone is listening to the potential tracks that are going to be featured on on the spot so everyone is kind of like aligned on the same page and sort of everyone gets inspired uh but if you if you're shooting with with reference tracks or temp tracks that you pulled from spotify you're very it's very possible that you cannot use those so it's like you're 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 moving forward with with a direction that might not be the one, right? So uh, you were spot on for sure. It's always good to be early. That's kind of like the common denominator that we're seeing throughout like all these uh, conversations that we're having. It's like start the conversation earlier and in doing so everyone will win. That's kind of like the, the, the common denominator for sure. Veronica, like what campaigns like have you worked on where you feel that music played a big role? Obviously you've done a lot. Uh, throughout your career, I, I, I'm sure you can you you can count uh, a lot of those more than a handful, probably. But if you can share with us, kind of like one campaign that we're just, just super proud of of the impact that music had on it. My obvious go-to one because I think it was just the most perfect campaign in every aspect from a craft standpoint was sketches, Dove sketches, and that music. I love every time to this day, when I hear that music, I just want to cry. It is the most beautiful track that I think I've ever had composed on any of my films. It was actually composed by a film composer. We had no money on that job. So the director had a buddy called his friend um, and his friend did it. And we never changed it. It was literally the first time I've ever thrown a piece of music on a film and then never made revisions. I think we made like some revisions that I did in sound design with Rowan at Lime because the composer like couldn't like interpret what we were asking him to do. It was something like at the very end, it was like a ding, 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 ding. But that was it. I mean, that was like, it went on, it was perfect. It was the only thing that literally every single person who watched it agreed on no one had any comments except for just kind of fixing this thing at the end and um it was absolutely perfect that's i mean that's amazing uh no edits revisions uh that's that's so great uh, did you know from the start that custom original composition was the route to go or did you consider oh maybe let's license some tracks or or maybe some stock like 
we didn't have any money and we were like we just we 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 were broke we i think i produced that entire campaign for like $120,000 like the whole thing um so i think we like paid that guy like 3 grand <laughs> like i mean genuinely it was like nothing so um I wonder if I still have that little budget somewhere. I'll have to go look at all my documents. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those like perfect conundrums. It was perfect. I mean, and uh, and over the years I've had some tracks. You know, there's just like I remember one time we used Dancing in the Moonlight, and that was really fun. And that was the piece I did with Henry Alex Rubin. And then the other piece on that tr- tr- that we did like two slots together for this for Walmart. And then the other one was kind of like we composed a piece of music with sounds of like things that happened in the Walmart, like, you know, the like putting your stuff over the conveyor, you know, to get, you know, to but like to checkouts line or somebody driving, you know, the sweeper through Walmart in the middle of the night. And it was all about just what people do to keep, you know, to get the store ready for you to come in in the morning, you know, and, it, and so we used real sounds and, um, and that was really lovely. And, um, you know, I remember working at another company and composing music. And I remember being on set and was really excited because I was going to work with this music company who I've had a long, long lasting relationship almost over almost two decades at this point. And um, I always wanted to work with them because they were doing some really great award winning work and was really excited. And um, they didn't let me down. I called them my first this first job I thought would be great for them. And I remember I was on set and they called me. I'm like, oh, Veronica, we have an idea. We have an idea, but it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Can we talk to your creative? And I'm like, yeah. And the creative gets on the phone. He's like, I don't know. He wants to like blow in the glasses. Like I just told him to do it. Like I don't really care. <laughs> like Let's just see. And it was a Christmas spot and it was so beautiful, you know, and um, we didn't make a lot of changes on that one either. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of it is just trust relationships, you know, uh, you know, I do think it's important to go move around a little bit. Like I'm definitely a creature of habit. Like I definitely stay with teams that I trust. Um, but sometimes what happens in those cases and maybe, you know, not every time is perfect or great. And then it can leave a bad taste with your mouth or like your creative mouth or your client. So I think it's good to kind of like move around a lot. And I've gotten better at that in the last few years um, than I was early on. But I think early on, I, I mean, I was, I was working for a really intense agency, you know, where we were doing a lot of volume and, you know, really high expectations. So I think I had to keep really tight teams around me at that point. And nowadays, I mean, now the landscape now compared to five years ago, 10 years ago, it's completely different. The amount of companies that are doing music for advertising, it's it's insane. And so so definitely like as a producer, you want to go, you know, with people you trust. Uh, and and again, you want to go with something that's risk free, right? Because like you, 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 you don't want to go with someone that, that can cause problems and you want to avoid any potential fires for sure. And question for you, like, obviously, you've been at like agency but you've also been freelancing. Is there a difference when it comes to, you know, freelancing, like the approach to music, does it change when you're, you know, working direct at an agency versus just freelancing on jobs? Uh, Does the process change at all or no? No. um, I mean, they have internal processes that are different, but I have this sort of, and maybe it's my own ego. um, We all have our own egos, but I kind of have a, um, I think that if you're going to hire me, then you need to just let me go be me. And if you're going to try to get in my way or change me, then it's, I'm not the right fit for your agency um, or your project. And I'm not like saying I'm going to go in and be a dick, but I am saying that like I come in and I, I do have a creative process and a process of how I work. And that's it. You know, like, I mean, I remember I'll, I can give you a quick example. Um, 
when they came in to work with Pereira Odell on a job, um, it was my first job with them and they called me because they needed some help. And, um, you know, we, they had a really big project and the um, director was having like this complete meltdown, like, you know, just this like me, 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 like meltdown. And it was really causing quite a problem. And it was pretty bad. Like, I was like, okay, we're um, all going to get off the phone right now. Um, but thank you for your help. And we'll get talked to you. And like, they had a warden and everything. Like when they, they asked me to come in and we um, we hung up the phone <laughs> and I like texted the creatives like, okay, let's jump on the Zoom. So we, like, I'll jump on the Zoom. And I was like, they were like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I was like, well, do you want me to tell you what I would do? Like, if this was my agency, like if this was David, and they were like, yeah. And I'm like, fire that right now. And then I would hire this person. And they were like, okay. <laughs> so it's, you know, and we did just that. And we hired somebody who was a much better fit for the client. I was like, this is a terrible fit for this client. Like this person is not a good fit for this client. Like this, and I knew this client. I was like, this client needs someone a lot more collaborative and happy and, you know, team player. But like, let's talk a little bit about the state of the world right now. Like, this is a really bad state in, of the world. And I you should be having these sort of like, you know, self-centered meltdowns on a Zoom call right now. Like, this is in 2000. This is 2020, like May. <laughs> people were scared and people were out of work. And a lot of my friends were not working. And I was like, hold on, you're lucky to have a job right now. Like, just like shut up and just do what we're asking. Like, the end. Bye. Yeah, it's the wrong time to 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 be kind of like self-centered and all about me, 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 me. You have, I mean, that was a tough time. When 2020 hit, you know, it kind of like threw everybody off. And I really, you know, they they didn't have a head of production at Pereira and they really needed some help. And it was a different type of task for me. I wasn't kind of going in. I, I needed to do some rebuilding and restructuring and I did everything that was needed of me. Um, and then when the time I looked around, I'm like, okay, my job is done. Like, I, I gotta go guys. Like, you know, and that was kind of it. And I left a successor in my place that I trained to be the new me. Um, because it, I knew it was a temporary situation and, um, I'm very happy I did that job because I love that agency and I love PJ and Rob and everyone there so much. And I'm super proud of the work that I did because it was really necessary and it helped. So obviously after POD, you, you started, you know, to have a, a more full-time role on pool house. So like, tell us what pool house is about, you know, kind of like what, what's the mission and, and. Tell us a little bit more about that. Pool House is a social community for producers in TV advertising and film globally. So it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you can be on the Pool House as long as you're a producer, filmmaker, content creator, or you support those roles. So you're a recruiter, you're a agent, you're a casting director, you're a business affairs person, you're an, a college film student, intern, content creator, like TikTok creator, whatever. As long as you're a creator, you're on that site. Um, reps are on there as well. Um, it's basically a cross between like um, LinkedIn and Facebook um, and it's all production community. Um, and our four pillars are um, jobs, uh, networking, resources, and education. And so the education piece are these events and webinars that we host weekly. Um, we're already up and running. I actually have one with a music company in half an hour. And so they're going to talk to us a little bit about working with talent in um, how that can link between the creatives and the brands and stuff. So we um, usually have a decent turnout um, that come out. We record all of them and then we post them in the content room. We're in the process of developing a 
a training program for agency producers for more junior entry level producers or refresh for more junior producers. Um, so we're in the process of creating that. We've been asked by a couple agencies if we would do something like this. There used to be a program called Boards University that has been out of the realm for, gosh, maybe 14 years now. So uh, we're in development of that. And I kind of already know, I already kind of have the outline because I kind of built it at agency. So I'm sort of just like putting it together and we're going to do a test run. And if that goes well, we'll start doing that maybe quarterly to start. And then we're also going to record some masterclasses um, that people can download and then watch as well for like a discounted rate. Um, and then probably do a couple more just for general type producing. Um, we are also starting like a news feed, just like a weekly where we consolidate all the news from all like different reps and what's going on in ad week and ad age and moves and gigs and promotions and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a place for you, you know, producers to go. My ultimate goal is that every producer in the whole world is on this thing. It's, it's really great what you're doing. And, and a lot of it is, uh, awareness of do's and don'ts in a way. And, and it's like, you know, for something like music, right? There's there's not a, a one way to do things. Uh, there's with music, there's so many options, right? But but at least you're 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 putting them in the right direction, right? And so it's very important what you're doing. And so it's it's very similar to what we're doing in a sense with this podcast. Like for us, people that are listening here, uh, people in the ad world, in brands, marketing teams, right? Uh, just so they know the power of music, right, and how it can help a brand succeed and you know, we identify with that. So I think that's awesome what you're doing at Pool House. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, down the line, like it's it's always good to get the message across, right? That music can can really improve lives and, and just contribute to culture and help brands win, right? I, I think that's putting music forward. Um, so that's, that's really great. Last question for you. Uh, is there any specific artist that you're listening to now that you're liking? I've been listening to a lot of Pagoji this summer which is Brazilian, um, like, street music. <laughs> Everyone, when I lived in Brazil, used to make fun of me that I actually listened to. I love it. And PJ actually gave me, like, a really great mix, so I've been listening to that, PJ Pereira. And then um, I just watched the Elvis movie, and I just downloaded the entire um, track, soundtrack, and I've been obsessing over it. Love it. So I've kind of been flipping between Elvis lately and um, Pagoji. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's a that's a nice mix. Veronica, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an amazing chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. It was nice to talk to you. I'll see you soon. Likewise. Thank you.